CJSW's funding drive is on right now. Head over to CJSW.com to show your support for this program. CJSW 90.9 FM, your beacon radio. Welcome to Rave Dad's Diary. This is episode two. And this is the only live show of the series because it's CJSW's annual funding drive. Visit CJSW.com slash donate to support independent campus and community radio. I'm grateful to be back on air at the tail end of CJSW's Friday night lineup. Congratulations to Young Kamaji and DJ Deleted Tweet from Freak Hours on their first funding drive show. Woo! If you're listening on demand sometime in the future, and this is your first episode of Rave Dad's Diary, I recommend going to cjsw.com and starting with the pilot episode that aired on October 17th, 2020. Again, this episode of Rave Dad's Diary is not completely representative of what the rest of the series sounds like. We're going to be talking a lot today about CJSW and campus and community radio and why those things are rad. So normally I'd be hitting you with a a phone number to call in, but things are a little bit different this year. CJSW.com slash donate is your destination to support campus and community radio. In 2020, nightclubs and some venues are shuttered indefinitely. Parties and gatherings are outlawed. How will dance music and culture survive? That's the question I'm exploring with Rave Dad's Diary. And here's how it works. Season one of Rave Dad's Diary kicked off on October 17th and consists of 12 two-hour-long episodes. I feel like in 2020, we're closing a chapter on dance music as we know it. So, in hour one, I'm going to chronologically explore the years 2005 to 2017 and feature sounds and interviews from my first 12 years in nightlife. Hour two of the show explores the state of electronic dance music. 
in 2020, and it's also a platform for the passionate people and thought leaders writing the next chapter on electronic dance music. So on today's show, we're going to hang out in the years 2006, 2007. We're going to hear part of a DJ mix by Chris B, recorded in 2006, simply called Winter Mix 2006. Chris B is the host of The Brutal and the Beautiful on CJSW 90.9 FM. I'll be joining Chris Monday, noon to 2, for his funding drive show. Don't miss that. Around 5.40 a.m. Mountain Time, I'll get a phone call from Sheena Jardine Olade, a.k.a. Donna Data, in Ottawa. Sheena's a very close friend of mine, and we lived and raved together during a formative time in my life. We're going to talk about the first time we heard dubstep and listen to some of the tracks that defined the early dubstep era. We're also going to talk about what Sheena's working on right now in urban planning and introduce a new Rave Dad's Diary segment called Reimagining Nightlife, where we'll explore the intersections of urban planning and music. We'll finish off the show today with a new mix by Rave Zaddy, Max Ulis. Max is a member of Vancouver's Lida crew. He plays mostly house and techno these days, but he's going back to his bass music roots. He put together a mix of OG dubstep for the show. The mix rips, and anyone donating $100 or more to this show will get the mixes. Head to cjsw.com slash donate to pledge now. We're going to get into the mix now with Chris B. Winter Mix 2006. 90.9 FM, CJSW.
90.9 FM, CJSW. You're listening to Rave Dad's Diary. This is the only live show of the season for Rave Dad's Diary because it's CJSW's annual funding drive. Head to cjsw.com slash donate to support independent campus and community radio. We're in the mix in 2006 with Chris B.,
Yeah, the phones are ringing. 403-220-5000 or cjsw.com slash donate.
90.9 FM, CJSW. You're tuned into Rave Dad's Diary, the funding drive edition. CJSW.com slash donate is your destination to support campus and community radio. We're in the mix with Chris B. This is a mix recorded in 2006, simply called Winter Mix 2006. If you're feeling this, donate. Help support campus and community radio. CJSW.com slash donate. I'll be getting a phone call in a few minutes from Sheena Jardine Olade in Ottawa. We're going to be talking about the years 2006, 2007, what we can remember of them anyways. And we'll also be talking about urban planning and music and all of the fun intersections of where they meet. That's later on in the program today. Keep it locked on Rave Dad's Diary. FM, CJSW. You're listening to Rave Dad's Diary. My name is Paul Brooks. I want to talk a little bit about CJSW Funding Drive's theme this year. It's Beacon Radio, and CJSW has been a beacon in my life for over a decade. It's, It's my light guiding the way. And this new radio program, Rave Dad's Diary, lets me explore some of the amazing connections that I've made through my time here as a volunteer programmer. For example, in 2012, 
I interviewed Base Coast Electronic Music and Art Festival founders and producers Andrea Graham and Liz Thompson. And after getting to know them at the festival later that year, they encouraged me to apply for a marketing and communications position with the festival. And I ended up working for Base Coast for five years. I wouldn't have made that connection without CJSW. And now in 2020, I'm drawn back to CJSW like a like a moth to flame. I, I was laid off last month from a dream job in the music industry. And so I'm using this strange gift of time to produce a radio show about music and culture that I'm passionate about. And already the connections I'm making through producing this radio program and the overall mental health boost I get from being able to access CJSW and having a creative outlet, you know, it, it's helping me figure out the next steps in my career. So I'm getting really personal here, but the funding drive theme resonates with me. And if it resonates with you, if CJSW has ever been a beacon for you, please donate to our annual funding drive. Do it now at cjsw.com slash donate. This is the only time of year that we ask for money. You can also call 403-220-5000, but we're really trying to push folks to cjsw.com slash donate because we have limited staff and volunteers on site. You're listening to Rave Dad's Diary on 90.9 FM CJSW in Calgary. We're in the mix with Chris B., the host of The Brutal and the Beautiful on 90.9 FM CJSW. Chris recorded this mix in 2006, and it's incredible. I'm glad I have an excuse to share it with you. Keep it locked. CJSW.com slash donate.
90.9 FM CJSW. You're tuned into Rave Dad's Diary. My name is Paul Brooks. This is the only live show of the Rave Dad's Diary series because it's funding drive. I wanted to give you a little update. So far, less than 24 hours into CJSW's funding drive, the station total is $34,641. That's amazing. Thank you. Head to cgsw.com slash donate to keep that number rising. We're on our way to our goal of $200,000. And I know that you'll help us get there. cgsw.com slash donate. And 403-220-5000. I want to give a big thank you to the folks who have donated so far on this show. Phil, Lindsay, and my daughter, Clara. Thank you so much. We've raised $185 so far. I would love to raise over $200. Do you think we can do that? CJSW.com slash donate. Get in your pledge now. Any pledge of $100 or more for this show will get a copy of the two mixes that I'm rinsing out today. And you'll also get some new Rave Dad's Diary stickers. I didn't go crazy on the incentives this year. We're just going to focus on making good radio. CGSW.com slash donate. 403-220-5000. CGSW. Beacon Radio. FM CJSW. I want to give a shout out to Taylor, CJSW's office coordinator, holding it down tonight. He's been here all night long. Let's give him something to do. Make that phone ring. 403-220-5000. CJSW.com slash donate.
emotional banger alert. local time in Calgary. My name is Paul Brooks. You're listening to Rave Dad's Diary on 90.9 FM CJSW. It's the funding drive edition. So I'm here to remind you to head to cjsw.com slash donate. In fact, you should head there right now. And, you know, if you're just kicking the tires, if you're thinking about donating to CJSW, go see the amazing incentives that are offered at each pledge level. I mean, for a simple donation of $30, you get a CJSW friends card. And uh, if you're a champion of buying local and supporting the local economy, I mean, the friends card is your passport to do just that. I use my friend's card every day. I use it all the time at Sunnyside Grocery. And you save 5% there. So when I'm buying my organic fruits and vegetables and my pastries from Sidewalk Citizen Bakery, I save the tax and I fill my belly full of super yummy things. And that's just one of dozens of amazing local businesses that you probably already shop at that you'll start saving money at. And you'll get to support independent campus and community radio. How about that? As well... There's some sweet swag like clothes. The Beacon Radio logo is super fresh. You can get that on a t-shirt, a coffee mug, on a sweater. I'm going to get all three. I'm going to pledge the $365 level, even though I'm fun employed. I see lots of of value in that. 403-220-5000 is the number to call to donate cjsw.com slash donate. More on those incentive levels shortly. Sheena Jardine Olade is going to be joining me on the phone in less than 10 minutes. We're going to talk about dubstep. She's put together some tracks that I don't know about and we're going to reminisce on air. 
We're also going to introduce a new Rave Dads Diary segment called Reimagining Nightlife. Stay tuned for that. CJSW 90.9 FM in Calgary. CJSW.com slash donate.
cjsw.com slash donate is your destination to support independent campus and community radio. CJSW Radio is a beacon in the community. And that's why our theme this year is Beacon Radio. We're in the mix right now with Chris B. He recorded this mix in 2006. It's simply called Winter Mix 2006. Chris and I have, uh, I mean, quite a bit of history. And I'm excited to talk about that with Chris on Monday during his program, The Brutal and the Beautiful, which runs noon until 2. I'll be a guest on that show, helping Chris raise some money. That's what we're doing right now. It's Funding Drive. CGSW.com slash donate. 403-220-5000. Ding, ding, ding.
90.9 FM, CJSW. You're listening to Rave Dad's Diary. My name is Paul Brooks. This is the funding drive edition of Rave Dad's Diary. We've been listening to a mix that Chris B. recorded in 2006. You can get this mix and the second mix that'll air on the show, a dubstep mix by Max Ulis. If you pledge the $100 level, I'll also throw in some fresh Rave Dad's Diary stickers. And that's along with all of the other things that you get from donating to CJSW. Head to CJSW.com slash donate to see all of the various incentives and learn how you can support campus and community radio. This mix is going to wind down. And the next time you hear me, I will have Sheena Jardine Olade on the phone. And we're going to talk about the years 2006 2007 we're going to rinse out some dubstep and we're going to talk about urban planning and music and how those two things relate rave dad's diary 90.9 fm cjsw funding drive cjsw.com slash donate
Hi there, this is Rachel Notley. You know, Campus Community Radio provides an important, authentic voice. They need your support to keep it real. Donate now at cjsw.com or call 90.9 FM CJSW. You are listening to Rave Dad's Diary. My name is Paul Brooks. We're listening to some homesick in the background. Local artist Homesick created a really wonderful logo for Rave Dad's Diary. You can check out that logo by heading to the Instagram page, the Instagram account at Rave Dad's Diary. I'm very excited to have a special guest on the phone. We're going to get back into the Rave Dad's Diary chronology. So in the pilot of Rave Dad's Diary, which you can listen to on demand at cjsw.com, I talked to the humans that introduced me to electronic music in 2005, and we tried to piece together my first night out dancing. In 2006, I moved to Calgary from a rinky-dink town called Alex, Alberta, and I moved here to, to teach, believe it or not, violin to young students. So I no longer had to drive two and a half hours down Highway 2 to get my dancing fix. I lived in a small house in West Hillhurst, and I had a steady teaching gig. But I was new to the city, and I was pretty lonely, and I didn't go out much. 
But all of that changed in 2007 when Sheena, a.k.a. Donna Data, became my roommate. We met through a mutual friend who knew that we were both looking for someone to live with. Sheena moved in and she brought with her two turntables, a shitty mixer, and a box of jungle and drum and bass records. And clothes. So, so much clothing. She tolerated the screeching of my students in the daytime, and in the evening, we listened to records in the tiny kitchen of our home before going out to clubs like the Soda and the newly opened Hi-Fi Club. I'm very excited to have Sheena Jardine Olade, a.k.a. Donna Dada, on the phone right now. Hello, Sheena. Hi. Hooray, you're here. I'm very... I know. It's uh, it's 7 a.m. In, in Ottawa. Doing good. I'm glad to be here. Woke up feeling great, ready to share all those secrets that we, we stockpiled over the years. Many, many, many secrets. <sighs> well, yeah, it's good to hear from you. It's 6, six o'clock in the morning here in Calgary. You're listening to Rave Dad's Diary on 90.9 FM CJSW, broadcasting out of the University of Calgary. It's the funding drive edition of the show, and so it's the only time of year when we ask you to look at CJSW and your relationship with this station and contribute and help fund and support independent listener and, uh, sorry, independent campus and community radio. So, Sheena, um, I started doing this this podcast and I've kind of, I just dove in headfirst, didn't know exactly what it was, but I've, I've wrestled this idea together. What do you think about Rave Dad's Diary? Oh, I think it's a wonderful... Um, I think it's a wonderful concept. Um, I also think it's like very interesting to kind of talk about our relationship with music um, and just to see how that relationship actually affects our every single day. Um, because I know that sometimes uh, people's relationship with music changes as they get older or they think it has to change. But um, the major effects that it has on us, the, the relationships that we have, the way that we view the world, um, I think that it's uh, you know very important that we kind of maintain uh, that kind of awe that we had when we first, you know, heard that first song that we loved or went to that first event. I think it's a very important to maintain that sort of relationship to it because it did provide us a lot. It certainly did. And I feel like I have a wonderful gift here being able to focus on 12 episodes and trace that relationship and um, in a way kind of figure out who I am and how I became the person that I am today through this music and this culture and through going out to nightclubs and my relationships with all of these wonderful and unique people so i will you you were definitely a catalyst for me um i was a pretty late bloomer and uh, when you moved in with me uh do you do you remember moving in what do you remember about that time in 2007 Oh, yeah. I had had some pretty fraught times myself, and I was kind of ready to leave the, the rinky-dink town that I was in. Um, I mean, I came via, like, Ottawa and Toronto and Montreal, but I had landed in Lacombe, Alberta, and was looking for a little bit of an escape. So uh, once I found out that you needed a place to live, I think it was Aston that that introduced us. Um, I kind of, like, booked it for Calgary. So... Um, yeah, I did come with a lot, a lot of clothes. I still have a lot, a lot of clothes. <laughs> um, and the two turntables and a lot of jungle records. So I um, was DJing at the time and had already been pretty immersed in rave culture from my time out in Ontario. 
Yeah, and we just kind of hit the town together soon after that. Um, you know, going everything from like shows from uh, Crystal Castle to um, the jungle shows that I either spun or attended. Um, and uh, then, you know, finally to like where we ended up, um, square dab in the lap of, I guess, our, our dubstep journey. Yeah, no doubt. Um so you know when when we first started uh, living together, we were we were we were starting to go out to clubs, and there there was an emerging style of music that started creeping in. Um, do you remember your first time hearing dubstep, or or who introduced you to dubstep? What do you remember about that time? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, well, as a jungleist, you know, a lot of times people wear like jungle as a badge on their on their sleeve. I mean, I've never heard anyone say they're a houseist or a technoist, but <laughs> as a junglist at the time, I, I wasn't really amenable to like any other sort of genre. I was kind of closed off. Um, and I remember hearing dubstep and hearing it creep in and just kind of like how Garage uh, had kind of creeped in um, into jungle the first time it had kind of made up its, its appearance on the scene. I uh, was, you know, shut off to the idea. But I do remember the first time when I actually got it and you were there. Really? The first time that I actually, yeah, the first time that I actually got dubstep was, um, we had got, we, we went to Shambhala. That was the first, that was the first time we had gone together. Um, and, uh, we had arrived late and, uh, we were in the village (laughs) and we were trying to go see Aphrodite and we got there. And I'm pretty sure it was the same night, but I, I remember it was one one horrible moment when I went and tried to break forward to the front, and there was a huge gaping area of space, and I was like, thank God. But as a person who is also into punk rock, I should know that as soon as you see a gaping area of space in the front, something is obviously wrong. You've fallen into a slam pit. You're, you know, there's a trap. You're going to die or something. Anyway, this one, this trap was a naked guy, and uh, he was having his fun, so... Um, after after you uh, you know threw me out of the way of thrashing naked right, guy right um, who was on another world or another planet um, scream came on right afterwards and uh, based on the system and what he was playing it was kind of like it all made sense um, I remember the mud driving the bass driving the mud up our bodies to the fact where at the end of the gig your face was covered with mud because the base had just driven all the mud like all the way up our bodies. And it was like the most insane moment ever. And from then on, I was kind of like hooked. That's right. We went back from that trip to Shambhala and I mean, we immediately started buying up all the dubstep records we could. And uh, I think that that segues quite well into a little game we're going to play. You're listening to Rave Dad's Diary on 90.9 FM CJSW. This is the Funding Drive edition. It's the only live edition of this season. And I'm really uh, grateful to have a guest with me right now. Joining me on the phone, Sheena Jardine Olade, a.k.a. Donna Data. Sheena is a really dear friend of mine. Sheena is also an urban planner. And we're going to talk a little bit later about the wonderful intersections of music and and urban planning. But first, we're going to take a trip down memory lane. Sheena's put together a bunch of records and sent me a bunch of white labels, and we're going to 
listen to them together on the radio, and I'm going to react, and we're going to see if we can coax some memories out. If these songs make you feel emotions and make you feel memories, if you like spoken word, if you like to listen to the radio, and if radio is a source of comfort and companionship during the winter, please consider donating. 403-220-5000, cjsw.com slash donate. Thank you to everybody who's donated so far. Okay, Sheena, I'm going to play number one. I'm ready. I'm gonna- okay, number one it is. You ready? Okay, this is uh, this is going to be a familiar one, but we're going to see how if you if Rave Dad is forgotten. Let's go. Are we on the air? Appropriate. Uh, Appropriate. There it is. <laughs> I remember at Shambhala, Scream rewound this track five times, at least. <laughs> he was very, very, well, very proud. Good. Very proud of the song and the reaction. And he's like, you like, you want more? Wheeling it. <laughs> playing it again, 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 again. Back when you could get away with that, I guess. Yeah. I'm going to let this track play out for a little bit. You're listening to Rave Dad's Diary on CJSW 90.9 FM. This is Scream, Midnight Request Line. Yeah. Scream, midnight request line. Of course you had to include that one. 
You're listening to Rave Dad's Diary on 90.9 FM CJSW. My guest is Sheena Jardine Olade. She's an urbanist and one of the founders of Night Lab, which focuses on the nighttime economy. Sheena, tell me a little bit about, about Night Lab. So Night Lab is a consultancy that focuses on the nighttime economy, like you said. And we basically believe that if cities actually plan for the nighttime economy instead of it just being an afterthought, um, that it could actually plan for things like safety, accessibility, and inclusivity. So when I talk about the nighttime economy, I'm talking about the kind of period between 6 p.m. and 6 a.m. Um, and that includes everything from like restaurants to sports arenas to just uh, pubs, nightclubs, um, theaters, art galleries, all the fun things that we like to do in between that time. Um, it also does include too things like the gig economy, Uber driving, factory work, um, you know, late night office work. So it is a really integral part of our society. Um, and a lot of cities only think about the daytime and let the residual effects of the daytime kind of roll over to the nighttime. But the nighttime is a very important aspect of just the economy and just of the world, just of our individual lives as well. So we are just here to help cities um, figure out, trying to figure out how to maximize the potential in these areas. That's awesome. I'm excited to talk to you more about that and introduce a new segment that you're going to help prepare for the show called Reimagining Nightlife. But first, more dubstep records. I'm going to play number two. Yes, more dubstep records. Okay. Okay. Here we go. One of the the best ever. Iconica. Duh. Yes, an easy one, but it's on your favorite person's label, too. Um, Yeah, I guess that would be a hyperdub release. I remember um, there was a really awesome compilation on Soul Jazz Records called Steppa's Delight. And... um, this is one of the first tracks on that compilation. And I was working at Play Entertainment, um, which was a record store, and I was ordering in all of this expensive import UK bass music. I probably put the company out of business, but uh, yeah, ordering in Step is Delight. And then I was like pushing this at the record shops and pretending that I was like Coop in the movie uh, Human Traffic. Yes. <laughs> Wicked tune. Okay, I'm going to bring this down. Let's, uh, well, what about you? What do you remember about this track? Well, I mean, like, it, it meant a lot to us because it wasn't, I mean, it meant a lot to me. And I know that everyone always talks about, you know, that we ne- not necessarily should, like, divide up as DJs, like, male or, you know, a, like, female identifying female DJs. Um, but as a as a um, female identifying DJ, she her, I I honestly like to see that Iconica was out there amidst kind of like just a, a dearth of like male DJs. Um, it was it was inspirational, um, and it's always good to see yourself represented um, no matter what you do. Um, and she was a drummer as well, and I found that very uh, you know very in line with kind of like the things that I had done. And she's awesome. 
Um, she did play uh, in Calgary one time, and I think we actually kidnapped her. We did. Um, after her gig was done, <laughs> swept her over to the Hi-Fi Club. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this and this song is just fantastic. Um, just the way that it, it kind of, like, lurches and jolts melodically. I, I love it. It's great. Uh, that just reminded me of, um, I remember driving Sarah Iconica around in my shitty Nissan Sentra. And we spent like a whole day together. And I remember I was driving her. We were going to go to Bino and get a coffee. And I started humming like a KDB song. Some obnoxious like BBC Radio 1 like baseline song. And she's like, are you humming KDB? <laughs> oh, oh man, it was it was <laughs> a very you had to be there kind of moment. But uh, yeah, Sarah is amazing and incredible, engaging DJ and somebody who I hope I get to see perform again. Uh, amazing. Okay, we have so many tunes to get through here. I got to queue up the next one. Can I queue up number three? Is that what you would recommend? You can queue up number three, but I do have to say for everyone who is. Uh Whoever went, for everyone who is drinking their coffee right now and listening to this live, you might want to get prepared because uh, get your air horns. Air horns. Okay. Is that a clue? Let's see. listening to Rave Dad's Diary on 90.9 FM CJSW. Absolute favorite, favorite track. This one, I remember when this album, when Zombies, Where Were You in 92 came out, I remember we sat in our living room and listened to the record twice in a row and just melted into the couch. Do you remember yeah. that? I, I totally do. I mean, this was uh, this was like a culmination of all the rave music that I knew. I mean, as a jungle DJ that came from hardcore, um, the, the, the fact that he was able to like kind of bring that hardcore thread back into, you know, my dubstep world was just kind of what I needed and it really resonated with me um, uh, we all know that Zombie has some <laughs> it was really funny because I was going through our Facebook memories and I, I you sent me a website about um, someone had collected all of uh, Zombie's tweets and had put it on a WordPress website and um, yeah there were a lot uh, so this guy's a genius but um, he was kicked off the dubstep forum for um, threatening the moderator and uh, you know, just all the kind of all the kind of things a troubled genius would do. Oh my gosh, but dubstep forum! His music. I remember dubstep yeah, forum. Dubstep forum. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, um, like, very. Go ahead. Oh, I, uh, I, I'm just uh, r- reminiscing about this track. Um, 
was I going to say? You, uh, I, I, okay, so this reminded me of when we, uh, we were hanging out, one, one of the handful of times that we got to, had the pleasure of hanging out with uh, Mr. Oliver Jones, Scream. I remember we were, were talking about Zombie to him, and we, we ended up listening to some of Zombie's music together. And then do you recall, a few weeks later, Scream released a Zombie remix. Do you remember this? Do you remember what he said? He said, if I wanted to listen to an old hardcore track, I'd be listening to an old hardcore track. And, and then he, he said, went and remixed well, it. pretty great. He did. I was actually going to put that as a song, as a zombie song, but I felt that I needed to honor the, the actual original instead, instead of the remix, which was good as well. It had a lot of punch, but I thought that just for reminiscing sake that we should play the original because it had such an impact on us uh, when it came out. You're listening to Rave Dad's Diary on 90.9 FM CJSW. My guest right now is Sheena Jardine Olade, and uh, a.k.a. Donna Data, uh, an urbanist, founder of Night Lab, uh, an amazing DJ, jungleist, and dear, dear friend. Sheena's hanging out with me and helping energize me for this very special live funding drive edition of Rave Dad's Diary. And we're listening to some some white labels that Sheen has sent me and reminiscing and we're talking about uh, mostly the year 2007 which is the year that Sheena and I started living and raving together. We're going to be talking uh, about a new Rave Dad's Diary segment in just a few minutes but first we got to listen to a few more tunes here. I think we have time for about two more tunes Sheena. So what do you think? Okay that's that's absolutely perfect. I mean, I kind of did them in that way. I, I have to admit, I went overboard. I did do um, I did do seven, but I could talk about the last two. Uh, we'll go into uh, four right now because I do think that four is very important as well to our whole entire journey. Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah. All right. Here we Impactful. go. Here's track number four. Big tune. Big tune. This is some 6.20 in the morning kind of music. (laughs) Put the lid on your coffee. If anybody has any coffee, hook me up. cgsw.com slash donate 403-220-5000 pledge now Everybody sing along. Me no me, me no run, press the trigger. Any 
that feels good to hear right now. Uh, the Bug featuring right? Warrior Queen, Poison Dart, Ninja Tune Records, 2000, I think that's right on the dot, right on the dot for 2007. What a wicked track. I never saw Warrior Queen or The Bug perform, but you did. Yeah, I did. I actually opened for them. Um, I opened for them in Edmonton, and uh, it was really sad. I remember that night, Warrior Queen had lost her voice. Um, and uh, every single time I've seen the bug, he's always been battling some like low-key anxiety, I feel. Um, it's always just a really interesting thing to see when musicians are thrust into the spotlight, um, especially like producers, um, because like producing and being an entertainer in the front, they're not necessarily the same thing. Mm. They aren't the same thing mm-hmm. at all. Um, sitting in your basement and making music versus standing up in front of a crowd and entertaining them and DJing um, are very different jobs um, and very different, attract kind of different personality types as well. So I think The Bug was more one of the producers kind of like wanting to play with like interesting and unique noises and you know he was in a band before but every single time i saw him he seemed a little bit anxious um and that night because warrior queen had lost her voice it was like an extra level of anxiety um but she was so lovely i have a picture of her i think i'm actually sitting on her lap (laughs) thank you for letting me do that (laughs) um and uh yeah it was great it was great to be able to say that i mean it was probably one of the first big dubstep acts i was able to open up for um as a dj uh, I yes, I have never seen the bug. I missed that show for some reason. And then when the bug last played Calgary with Flodan, it was in 2014, and I had to work. But my wife, who was like eight months pregnant at the time, went and raged to the bug and Flodan with my daughter in utero. And uh, there's a great picture of Sarah. Super Prego with Kevin and Flo Dan and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that that happened and I wonder what it did to the, the development of my child. No, um, Dubstep is for the kids, for sure. Uh, amazing. I love this tune. I have this, um, I mean, I got this on vinyl. Um, it's just a- iconic, iconic track. Defined the whole genre, really, in my opinion. Okay, we have time for one more. One more, we dude. We have time for one more. Okay. And I'm going to, and I did them out right. Number five is going to be the last one. And I do have to do a little disclaimer on this. Uh-huh. Um, it is a little bit out of our time period, but it does bring together um, two things or two producers that I really, really love. Um, and, um, you know, so... We're going to play this track instead of the one producer's other track that I was going to play. So Okay, please. I'm really excited this for 05, this one. This is the 05 new. This is like the culmination of our little white label session here. You're listening to Rave Dad's Diary on 90.9 FM CGSW. It's the Funding Drive edition. This is the only time of year where we will ask you to look into your hearts and into your wallets and help support independent campus and community radio head to cjsw.com slash donate and fundingdrive.ca to figure out how much you'd like to donate check out the amazing incentives and swag huge value for those who donate and you get to support something cool here in calgary and make calgary and the world a better place through the power of radio how good is that and speaking of the power of radio let's get emotional here is the final track that china has prepared for us today 
Rave Dad's Diary, 90.9 FM, CJSW. Oh. This is the perfect song for the for funding drive for life for 2020. <laughs> yes. Everybody on their feet right now. We're going to let this whole track ride because it's so damn good. Rave Dad's Diary, 90.9 FM, CJSW. Get up. song is yeah this is my mantra for life get up pinch rob smith dub on the remix this track is is just so massive china can you hit me with a an anecdote about this song or about pinch or rsd oh yeah well we all know that there is a we all know my love for Pinch. It was like, it was so much love that they actually brought him for one of uh, Modern Math's anniversaries, which is going to be coming up soon. It was the um, first anniversary of Modern Math. Segment. Yes. 
Yeah. We'll so, be talking uh, about that show, actually, yeah, in, in a future I... segment. But yes, Pinch. Yes, Pinch and I, Sheena. Yeah, actually. Sitting in a tree. I refer to him as my boyfriend, Pinch. <laughs> hey. Um, and then RSD, obviously, lots of love for RSD. Um, I have a weird story about that that was pretty funny when he was here. Um, obviously, you and I loved him. Uh, still love him. He's great. Um, and uh, he was playing, and someone invited us to their, their pool afterwards. Like um, swimming pool. And the entry was, yeah, swimming pool. And they lived in a condo, and... They were like, hold on for a second. Um, so they let us in afterwards. They brought down the turntables. And we had, after the club, had a, a swimming party. Um, you know, we were all DJing and hanging out. Rob is, like, Rob is, actually sorry, Rob is, is you know, he's about, he's in his mid-40s, 50, long gray ponytail. Sorry, yeah. go on. Go on. You're, yeah. you're partying in the swimming pool with Rob. He's with all these kids partying in the swimming pool with Rob. But we later found out that the guy didn't even own the condo, was house-sitting. Um, that when he said, hold on a minute, let me get the keys, he was actually going through the window and breaking in. <laughs> so found this out afterwards. Um, <laughs> and uh, I guess he got fined um, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars because they saw everyone on camera afterwards. Um, yeah, so... You know, like, uh, I can't remember who that person was, but next time, try to invite us to something that you actually have access to legally. Thank you. <laughs> That's an amazing story. Thank you for sharing it. You're listening to Rave Dad's Diary on 90.9 FM CJSW. This is the funding drive edition of the show. And so we are asking you to head to CJSW.com slash donate and pledge to support independent community and campus radio sheena i'm just going to let these rest of these tracks play while we finish up our chat are you okay with that we'll we'll we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll sneak them in under underneath is our is our bed track so i mean it's been really fun talking about the past and uh reminiscing but we have some real problems to deal with here in 2020 and uh you proposed that we create a new segment for rave dad's diary so I'd like you to set up this new segment called Reimagining Nightlife. What is it about? Yeah, absolutely. Um, as we know that the pandemic has had a like a horrible, devastating effect on the nightlife and hospitality industry as we know it. Um, the reason why it's had this horrible effect is because it's merely exacerbating a situation that has already existed. Um, nightclubs and um, the nighttime economy were always facing... Were, like always facing like some troubles and they've been doing so for the last um, basically decade as things like gentrification um, starts to happen and people move into downtown condos and start to complain or um, the safety um, and uh, the safety issues that we have the, the sort of like culture of fun but there's also a culture of abuse so um, there has been some issues and although it does provide a lot of uh, a lot of meaning to many of our lives and it, it provides a lot of community and infrastructure. Um, I think that when we think about trying to get nightlife back on track again, um, is that we need to like actually think a little bit further than that. We need to make it the best that it can be. We need to optimize it so that it's even better than the way that we left it. Um, so that's kind of what this segment is about. Um, reimagining nightlife, just looking at kind of ways, um, exploring how we can explore together ways to make this scene that we love so much and that we care for so drastically that has provided uh, so much 
um, depth and enrichment to our lives, what we can do to make it better. So we've have a uh, you know some some history behind us in in nightlife. Uh, what should we keep? What were we doing right before COVID? Well, I mean, like, there's, like, think about all the things that you love about nightlife. Like, I always say to people, um, you know, when I when I talk about urban planning, no one goes to a great city to see a road, you know? So <laughs> we might be a little bit obsessed with infrastructure and, you know, how to get people from A to B, but people go because of great, vibrant nightlife. Um, you know, cities like New York, London, Paris, um, they all have, like, wonderful nightlife scenes. Um, and that, like, contributes a lot to a city's modern, modernity, and it, like, adds to their stamp um, of, like, identity. So that was really great. It creates, vi- like, vibrancy. It creates vitality. It also creates eyes on the street. When people are roaming around the streets and stuff, um, people feel, like, more safe. There's safety in numbers. Um, so it does do a lot of that. Um, secondly, it does provide a lot of jobs. Uh um, a lot of people in nightlife, a lot of people in the culture industry end up being in the nightlife industry as well, whether they are DJs or buskers or, um, you know, they have a little night gallery or they're like in theater. Um, it does provide a lot of jobs for the economy. So that's kind of what we're seeing right now with COVID, um, with the hospitality numbers and people just not having employment. Um, it's because like nightlife sector does provide like a lot of, um, you know, does provide a lot of jobs. Um, and lastly, I mean, like, this is the one that means the most to me, and this is what I've been attracted to nightlife for um, for years and, and, and why I champion it, is the social infrastructure that it provides. So when we say infrastructure, um, I mean social support. There are a lot of people who actually use uh, nightlife culture to explore their identity, um, to uh, find their chosen family, uh, to... Um, you know, to exchange creative ideas. Uh, I said before in another talk that like all the best ideas were formed in a bar. Um, For instance, um, I think that in 2007, during an N-Type show, uh, we met Dan um, at a record shop. We met Sandro and, you know, that's going to be a later segment, but, you know, segueing over to that, like those are the creative ideas and those exchanges that we we have in nightlife community that are just so very important to keeping everything going and everything flowing. 100%. Um, Especially for marginalized communities, marginalized communities, um, such as like people in the LGBTQT2S community. Like one person described it as clubs being their church um, and being able to like you know, get together and and be able to express themselves their true identities, uh, which some you know some people might actually have to hide in general because they're they're afraid of like coming out or, or afraid of showing who they actually are. So those are like the positive things that I really love about nightlife and why I think it's really important and integral to um, every city, but not just like not just to partake in, but for the city to support on a municipal level. I do believe that there needs to be more support from government to like um, help nightlife out because it is a very important driver for a lot of things. You're listening to Rave Dad's Diary on 90.9 FM CJSW. I'm talking to Sheena Jardine Olade from Night Lab. Sheena is an urbanist, and we're talking about the intersections of urban planning and music. And we just talked about, Sheena was just telling us about some of the, the, the positive things, some of the things that we have going right in nightlife. W- what are some of the things that we can improve on, Sheena? 
Well, I think that when we actually sit there and plan for nightlife, just like in totality, that we could like put some really important aspects in it that we're starting to notice that could be missing or could be improved on. Um, a lot of it that I'm talking about is about um, safety. Safety is a really is a really big one. Um, I know that like in the culture of uh, alcohol um, and sometimes drugs, that there tends to be um, a culture of like maybe abuse that ends up happening. Um, and we can build um, safeguards into into the way that we have our nightlife spaces so that they remain safe um, and that they're not, um, you know, the, the perception of nightlife is already so negative that we don't, you know, continue to amplify that with just like the regular citizens. <clears throat> so um, I know that there's a lot of organizations that are doing a lot of work. I would like to shout out Good Night Out right now that is working with um, municipalities to actually uh, create these programs um, of training programs that are available that it ends up being preemptive that staff and um, managers and workers and, and people who actually go and attend can manage to like nip this in the bud instead of being reactionary and having to deal with the fallout after something horrible happens, um, you know, to someone. So that that's something that we can improve on. Um, and, um, you know, just like access and inclusivity as well. Um, Access is a really interesting one because uh, we don't always think about how accessible um, some of these events are. Some things might be physical barriers. Um, some things might be monetary barriers. Um, I think that we were getting to a point in nightlife where we were bringing in a lot of really big names. And it's true because, you know, we, we it, I was a beneficiary of all these big names. But that a lot of times what ended up happening is that it became less and less profitable as uh, fees went up. So, like, what can we do about that? Like, how can we look How can we look at the ways to be able to possibly maybe support our local DJs so that money stays locally, but at the same time be able to every now and again um, see the big names that we love and that influence um, our musical tastes, um, our production tastes, etc. Um, physical access, just... Um, Clubs are horrible for physical access uh, for people who might not be uh, as, as uh, for people who have like disability issues um, or, you know, they they have horrible time accessing a lot of these places. What are ways that we can um, think about to make that these places exclusive for everyone so that everyone has the opportunity to experience, um, you know, the life changing events that that some of us have um, and just like inclusivity. Uh, there's been a lot of like um, bias. Uh, towards a lot of people in the community. I've seen like ageist bias. I've seen racial bias um, with dress codes um, and stuff like that. So, um, or even just the bias that ends up happening afterwards. Like when um, security is monitoring certain clubs based on certain types of music that they're playing um, because of the perception of negativity that might happen even though something bad hasn't happened there. So all of these things we really need to take into consideration. What can we do? What can we do? Um, to increase um, and safety, inclusivity, and accessibility at the very top end, so that we're not just you know patchworking everything at the bottom and having it all fall apart on us as soon as something small or big like a pandemic hits. Quickly, can you just describe your ideal scene? What would that look like, Sheena? Oh, <laughs> the ideal scene. Honestly, um, I would just. 
it's, you know, it's going to sound like shiny, happy people holding hands, but it's true. I would just love everyone to be able to experience life-changing moments that I've, I've experienced. And the reason why it's been life-changing is because of the relationships that I've made. And I've been lucky to, to be able to make those relationships in, in environments that have, you know, they might not have been safe um, for everyone, which is sad, and I hate to say that. Mm-hmm. I have been lucky to manage to get away unscathed, so it's been a positive experience for me, and I want everyone to be able to have that positive experience. Um, and, yeah, that's kind of where it, where it lies for me, shiny, happy people holding hands. Sheena, thank you so much for being my guest this morning. Thank you for sharing memories and music and insight I love you, and I'm excited to have you back as a guest on some future programs. I love you, too. Thank you so very much for having me. I had a lot of fun playing dubstep tunes at 7 in the morning. Quickly, where can people connect with you, Sheena, and uh, Night Lab? Yeah, absolutely. You can find us at nightlab.ca. You could also find us at nightlab underscore dot ca on Twitter, as well as on Instagram. You're listening to Rave Dad's Diary on 90.9 FM CJSW, and I've just queued up a mix from Rave Zaddy, Max Eulis. It's a bunch of OG dubstep that he just slapped together this week. Let's check it out. 90.9 FM CJSW. FM CJSW. You're listening to Rave Dad's Diary. It's the funding drive edition. Please head to cjsw.com slash donate to pledge now. 
support independent campus and community radio. Rape Dad's Diary is going to be winding down here in the next couple of minutes. The show has flown by. I want to say thank you to the CJSW staff and volunteers that are making Funding Drive extra smooth and safe this year. Thank you to everybody who's donated so far. I will get a list of donors and give you all a thank you. And thank you to Max Ulis of the Lighta Crew in Vancouver for putting together this mix for us. Mix, mix, Max put together a little statement here. I'm going to read it. Max says, Hi, Paul. Here's a little mix inspired from what can only be described as a very exciting time. In 2006, underground Lyta parties featured sounds of grime and dubstep and were guaranteed ram-jammed full of ravers ready to absolutely have it. A few of the crew members were being asked to play gigs all over the all over the West Coast, and I dare say they played a part in inspiring a new generation of West Coast DJs and producers. Sweaty, smoke-filled underground venues like Open Studios, Redgate, and the Dollhouse W2 in Vancouver housed a vital energy that I will hold dear forever. CJSW, you're listening to Rave Dad's Diary, the Funding Drive edition. I have to share a really cute story before I head out, um, and it has to do with the Beacon Radio theme of this year's Funding Drive. Uh, my daughter is five years old, and she's been coming to the station ever since she was born. I was, I was programming um, on CJSW, um, you know, this, this, this whole time. Uh, I've even done shows with her bouncing on my knee in the past. 
And it seems funny telling you this story while there's uh, some crunchy dubstep playing in the background. But, uh, you know, my my daughter has a piggy bank and she's been saving up some money. It's a large piggy bank and she's vacuuming up all the coins. And uh, we checked it out a couple of days ago and she has about 22 bucks in there. So the rule is she gets to spend half of the money on whatever she wants. And then we split the other half and half of it goes into savings and the other half we donate to something. And so my wife was explaining, well, you could donate to an animal shelter or you could donate to... And Clara says, funding drive, I want to donate to funding drive. So my five-year-old daughter knows what's up. CJSW.com slash donate 403-220-5000 is the number to call. But we want you to head to CJSW.com slash donate. That's what we really want you to do. Going to be heading out in about four minutes. Rave Dad's Diary, 90.9 FM, CJSW.
90.9 FM, CJSW. Rave Dad's Diary is coming to a close. Thank you very much to everybody who's called in and visited CJSW.com slash donate and shown their support for independent campus and community radio. We almost raised $200 on this show, and the station total is at... $34,641. We're well on our way to $200,000. It's going to be a huge, huge day today at the station. So if you're on the fence, you're thinking, uh, maybe I'll donate later, do us a favor, donate now, cgsw.com slash donate. Help direct the traffic there so that we can get all of the donations we need to get and keep our staff and volunteers uh, minimal and healthy and safe here at the station fundingdrive.ca slash donate. Thank you very much to everybody who contributed to today's show. Thank you to Chris B for the 2006 winter mix. Thank you very much to Sheena Jardine Olade from Night Lab for calling, reminiscing, sharing some music, and talking to me about the very interesting intersections of music and urban planning. Thank you to Max Eulis who put together this mix. I love all of you. I'll see you next week on Rave Dad's Diary. We'll be talking about the year 2007, 2008, and we'll be talking to Pete M's of Small Town DJs and Sarmad Rizvi of Hi-Fi Club, and we'll be talking about what it was like to go back to Hi-Fi, to go to Hi-Fi back in the day. That should be a lot of fun. I have lots of great interviews already in the can for Rave Dad's Diary, so please come along for the journey. Check out all the episodes. They're running until the end of the year. My name is Paul Brooks. QE2 is coming up next. Have a great day. CGSW's Funding Drive is the most important fundraising event of the year. The funds that we raise are directly responsible for maintaining the quality and consistency of the service we are able to provide to our listeners and community throughout the year. Every year, for one week, we ask our listeners to invest back into the station and pledge their financial support for CGSW and for independent campus and community radio broadcasting in Calgary. CGSW's Funding Drive is the most successful radio fundraising event of its kind in Canada, consistently raising close to $250,000 a year. We're very fortunate to consistently raise the amount of money we need to keep our station running smoothly. The strong support we receive from listeners in Calgary and around the world has been a main contributor to the station's success over the past 35-plus years and is a testament to our listeners who love who we are and what we do and show it through their financial support. All of the funds raised during Funding Drive go directly back into the station to make even better radio. This includes things like new station equipment, upgrades to existing equipment, leases for our broadcasting towers, our FM licenses, all sorts of base operational costs, as well as special projects. Over the past few years, CGSW has launched some incredible projects thanks to Funding Drive and the support of our listeners. 
In 2010, we moved to a brand new station space on the third floor of the McEwen Student Center on campus at the University of Calgary. In 2012, we increased our wattage from 4,000 watts to a mighty 18,000 watts, reaching the far corners of South. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. CJSW 90.9 FM. Advancing the frontiers of radio from the University of Calgary since 1967. Just the way I feel Just the way 